0: Welcome to the Stargate Archives, buried deep within Cheyenne Mountain. Welcome to this latest episode from the Stargate Archives. This week we are going to be looking at a Season 1 Stargate SG-1 episode, The Knox. With me tonight is Brad. How are you Brad? Hello Mike, hello listeners, good to be back. Indeed. Now this has been recorded a few days after some rather interesting news from San Diego Comic-Con. We did record a specific show about that, I got two people who actually were around at the time to join me. Mm-hmm. Brad may have been asleep or... You probably were asleep. Uh, <laughs> or oh, in the middle of your work day, one or the other. Where was I when the world ended? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I was sleeping, actually. <laughs> Still no concrete information about origins. But we've waited two years for Star Trek, so what's a month.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right then, shall we jump into The Knox?
1: Yes, finally one that I had trouble I had to watch a second time to take notes because I was enjoying it so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want from a TV series.
1: <sighs> Not when you need to write notes, though.
0: No, probably not. <laughs> OK, then. The Not, written by Hart Hansen, is only a Stargate SG-1 credit, directed by Charles Carell. He directed two episodes. The other episode was the also excellent 1969. Ah. This first aired, September 12th, 1997, and opens up in the gate room. We have a visit from the US Secretary of is it Defense. He's only called Mr. Secretary, no, and yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure there's no... I assume it's got to be defence. Yeah. Walter gives a voiceover, over stargated motion, which yeah, I found that, hilarious. That was a bit strange. Yeah. Lends to later on when they think the gate just got up and walked away, but... um. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, ro- <laughs> it's rolling out. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then you get you get Hammond better hold on to something for Mr. Secretary. This is how we open the front door around here, thinking for a moment, is it the front door or is it the back door? Good point. Yeah, it <laughs> seemed like they'd better hold on to something. I'm pretty sure they solved the whole shaky mountain thing by now.
0: Yeah, fairly early on. Yeah. That kind of reduced all the ice formation and all that sort of thing. Yeah. The Secretary of Defence, Mr David Swift, is played by Terry David Mulligan, currently a very popular radio host, Mulligan Stew, or the radio shows. Gate opens up and, I don't know, if he says impressive and
1: Hammond says, yes, it is impressive, isn't it? I don't know what's more impressive than him seeing the gate open up or the bit of dialogue Carter gives to him to explain what he's actually seeing
0: <laughs> yes yeah, so you ought to stop Carter before she really gets going
1: yeah I was just waiting for Jack to just grab his nose <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: sort of do the do the pinch and look down but um
0: he went very quickly into politician mode though pointing out that you know Stargate Command really wasn't delivering on the investment
1: I've got a note here we're still doing this, but. I suppose we're only still early into season one, so...
0: Yeah, but this project just eclipses anything the U.S. military are doing. The very, mm-hmm. you know, the very concept of you are visiting other planet, and then he goes, "Oh, we went to the moon. We brought back rocks." <laughs> you go, yeah. Oh, good yeah. god. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, exactly. And
1: Jack's saying like, a lot of advanced people we've met out there don't like handing stuff over, and it's better to know them and know it's there to use later on than sort of to use a better word alienating allies out there but
0: yeah you basically got to take the mindset is we we are the primitive natives visiting the technologically advanced populations and they are treating us better than we would have treated them yeah you know if we want our civilization to grow and not be decimated by pretty much anything we've got to make friends Mm, i'm sure we've brought back something better than moon rocks the Apollo program the whole moon missions and everything associated with it drove technological development that overspilt into huge military and civilian areas
1: yeah there wasn't anything else bring well, as far as we know there wasn't anything else to bring back apart from moon rocks up
0: there so <laughs> it was it was the best we could do it rubbed Russia's nose in it yeah <laughs> that's all the moon race was for that's why as soon as they'd done it funding disappeared yeah Like so many things, you know, when they were working, when NASA was working on the space planes and the X projects, especially the X-15, the rocket plane, that were phenomenal. But then, oh, we really haven't got the funding. We'll build a shuttle because that'll be cheaper and we can (laughs) reuse it. Well, yes, you could reuse it after about a year of refitting. (laughs) Another example here where TILT chimes up with the useful information only when severely prompted or by circumstance.
1: What technology do you
0: seek? Yeah, he's probably standing there thinking, "This isn't going well. I should, yeah. I should probably say something." What are you after? I know this groovy Walmart on this other alien planet, which sells everything. I just imagine a slideshow
1: going off in his head of different technologies encountered. Yeah, like going from
0: hmm, anti-gravity, invisibility, zombies. Yeah, or I know a stockpile of uh, staff weapons. They could come in handy. Yeah. <laughs> Well,
1: here's an old, an old base that was abandoned and full of staff Weapons and Zats. Yeah. And bombs.
0: They agree, though, to pay a visit to B3C117. Tilt reveals that there is something on the planet, a creature that can turn invisible, and that Apophis has been desperate to acquire this technology or ability.
1: Let's hope there was a mission briefing before they left. it's just like, oh, it sounds like a mission to me. You get the
0: impression, dial it, we're off. Yeah. All well, the <laughs> gate's open, we'll, we'll just go. <laughs> Well, you get that impression as well, because the next scene, Jack walks through the stargate and he's going, where is everybody?
1: Yeah, how long I... after everyone else walked through did he go through?
0: Yeah, was it was he still changing from his uh, dress uniform into his fatigues, like, to his gear? Would else had just scarped through the gate? He was just making sure he got that extra knife into his belt. Yeah, then again, son just appears. When you think, well, what was the point of that then? Yeah. Was that meant to convey something or maybe a pop point that was, was not used? Yeah, just a weird cut. But I do like that location, though.
1: Oh, yes, just the low-hanging clouds in that valley. Yeah. Even we get a little bit later, too, like, it's it's raining. They're filming there while it's raining. You've got Thunder playing in the background, which I dare say was actually Thunder and not ADR in later on, and it's definitely one of the better-looking episodes, especially in this first season.
0: Once you start watching Canadian productions, you realise how many of them do shoot in the rain? You're looking in the background, you think, that's a puddle. And there's, there's drops in it. But because it's lit, you can't see the rain on the actors. Or they've oh, got I... a big awning over them or something. And, you know, they're in, especially Arrow and the Flash. <laughs> so they're looking for a creature called the Fenray, basically described as a hummingbird with teeth. We'll get to that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like a great thing to go after, especially with a little tranquilizer gun. That's invisible yes <laughs> again
1: again where's the briefing where how are we actually going to get this thing yeah it's, it's it's incredibly fast and moves quickly okay so let's bring some little underpowered tranquilizer guns
0: <laughs> with enough
1: with enough tranquilizer room to bring down a rhino yeah. jack says serious effects if the animal's a bit smaller.
0: yeah could potentially kill it I mean, you don't really yeah. know the metabolism of it mm. and of course at this point the camera pans back and where's the gate <laughs> Anyone you want remember where we parked yeah Okay, that's different. And you think, well, what do you mean? Was the gate? Okay, you can't see it, but surely it's still there. But... Well, and that brings up the
1: whole invisibility thing. It must be out of phase and not out of sight, because they would have walked straight back into it.
0: Yeah, we'd be bumping into it in all sorts. If you're invisible, you could probably even figure out where the DHD was and still dial.
1: But then, how does that explain the Fangri Can sit there and hum and hover and exist? in our space but just be visible like it, it's two different
0: yeah two different yeah. procedures being done to items on this planet yeah we get the great little funny didn't we have some sort of homing device yeah yep. where is it on the map? <laughs> where's that <laughs> don't know at the gate <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh but then i love i love how jack says all right let's do a box search for him I'm like did did it get up and walk away? What you, <laughs> you just you took ten paces, turned, and it was gone.
0: Yeah. It's not as if somebody run out of the bush and wheeled it away.
1: Yeah, there's some little bushes there that were at the base of it that's still there, like Yeah, and there's a cliff on one side and Yeah, no, it just rolled down the hill.
0: Right, at this point this is where the Daniel I think sees some sort of distortion in the far distance. Great eyesight. Oh, I think it'd be more the sound. You could hear the sound and sort of put two and two together, but you know, they've split up, they're going go into you know, try to uh, actually get close to this creature, get the Trank gun. But then the music changes. It's half weapon blast. Yes. and <laughs> Tulk, what are you doing that for? Well, Tok, T- what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is very bad timing. Of all the times, I mean, surely Jafar doesn't visit this planet every other week. It's not something they do on a regular basis, you would have thought. Yeah. Especially if uh, Apophis has been executing people who failed on this mission.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and especially if, interesting, it takes the staff blast, or takes Tilk's response for Jack to actually go into oh crap mode. Yeah. So the staff blast itself. Yeah, we got a couple of Jafar here firing at the fanry with the blade only stormtroopers can. And yeah, we got a Poppers here, which, interesting, he's finally decided to come and do the dirty work himself.
0: I'm not totally sold on the gold outfit for everyday use. <laughs> it is a bit much.
1: Yeah, around the palace and that, that's one thing, but. He's the only one we see do it, so I suppose he's a bit of a show pony.
0: His arrogance probably makes him think, there's, there's nobody out there that can hurt me. This is what the god should always look like, but can't help but feel that you've got to really dress down a bit when you're in the field. Mm.
1: They had little meeting again in the rain, like you've got water beating off Tilk's big bald head. They decided that they want to go after Apophis with no ammo, no guns, just a tranquilizer guns. And yeah, it's a bad idea.
0: Yeah, there's not many guards Like SG-1 can take. There's no problem. You know, we're getting the point that if it was this easy to take down a system lord, there wouldn't be many of them left. They've taken down armies of Jafar before. <laughs> this is too... <laughs> well, that's that's the problem, isn't it? And when there's more of them, it's, it's far more difficult to miss the target. But Yeah, just open spray off the machine gun. You'll bring down a few. Yeah, SG-1 set up one of their legendary traps.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, a deep ravine this isn't a trap at all
0: you wouldn't be suspicious of this even if you were familiar with the terrain yeah i was half expecting the shoe to be on the ground or something for a prophet to pick up and go what <laughs> yeah not, not just uh some sort of print you know a footprint or something yeah one thing i did notice is jafar have all got gold emblems yeah now that's the mark of the first prime yeah, it's trials or he yeah. just wants more than one just in case <laughs> yeah your first prime A, your first prime
1: B. Yep. If anyone starts talking anything about me, kill them.
0: <laughs> Got to assume that continuity weren't really paying attention at that point. Or the makeup just went all gold emblems on them all. Well, as you said, a first time and last
1: time director, so they might not have looked at the big book to see what happens there. The perfectly planned ambush goes awry pretty quickly, actually. And awful
0: shooting by everybody. Yeah. They get one of the Jafar down, then Jack goes down. Yeah, and... you don't run from cover when you're under yeah. fire. Even if they've seen you, you don't run from cover. Or stand up. Yeah, especially when the Darth
1: Weapon gets thrown to Apophis. He grabs it and just sort of lulls it and just takes his time.
0: Oh, Apophis was not panicking at all.
1: No. Gets Jack in the back, he goes down. and Carter gets up, oh, sir, no, and gets it in the chest.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a well-trained combat unit. Yeah, Tilk survives in the end. and uh, Oh, yeah, Tilk manages to nail one of them, at least. Yep, I die free, and then, poof, they disappear. Yes, Apophis, not happy. <laughs>
1: but then Tilk disappears, and then Jack disappears, yet he keeps on watching them disappear after the fact when he should be looking at... It's like, OK, two people disappeared. Let's look at the female, or Daniel. Oh, there they go, too. I've physically seen them disappear instead of just hearing the, the whoosh... <laughs>
0: I think in his world view sam and daniel were irrelevant yeah he was probably expecting you know Tilk to reappear somewhere in front of him what magic is this (laughs) yeah definitely wants it now yeah okay the next scene opens up into some sort of enclosed dark space daniel wakes up nice touch having his clothing all ripped open yeah none of this magic where he wakes up from being dead and everything's fixed (laughs) as if it didn't happen there's a note. They've healed him, yet he, they didn't fix his eyesight. Yeah, well, that's normal. <laughs> they just reset him. And, like, yeah. when he came through the gate, they took a scan of him or something. Nah, it's a good little good call back to the film, too. And one thing I was curious about. Would you know that you died? I have that note. Did They felt like the blast killed him. Was yeah. Was there a white light? I felt pain, and then I woke up. Yeah. That, well, isn't that the same if you fell off your bike and knocked yourself unconscious? yeah yeah your first thing was wouldn't be was i dead because that implies you experienced something after death to compare it with exactly (laughs) and it's not just daniel yeah you expected to die fair enough it was a bit of a leap to assume you're dead and you've come back
1: yeah but a nice little line from daniel too he thought heaven would be a bit wider or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: yeah at least it's not hot in this place yeah that's when we get visit. From one of the natives, and we get our first look at uh, some quite spectacular hairdos. (laughs) Oh, all I can think think of is Radagast from The Hobbit,
1: without the bird crap, without the crap in there. (laughs) But I bet there's some in there somewhere.
0: First one is Oper. played by Ray Ziffer. The oldest one. (laughs) Yes, the oldest one. (laughs) (laughs) Very quiet, doesn't say much.
1: Mute natives, get to work Daniel, start doing sign language or something. Yep, something. Drawing the symbol for F in the sand normally gets us started with uh, communication. That is true. It's worked so many times
0: before. <laughs> it might have actually helped out too if they knew the Tari. Could have been, yeah. yeah. You would have thought during what we know of, the lore of Stargate from over the years, not unlikely that the homeworld of the humanity hasn't been mentioned at some point by the Asgard or the ancients.
1: They're very old, so you never know. I would love how they come out here and they all sit down and... He just starts frying them fruit like they're
0: pets. Yeah. <laughs> you want
1: an apple? You want an apple? Here's the apple.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's some nice set dressing. You can look at it and you go, yeah, that's fake. That's fake. That's fake. That's the greens department going nuts with all this colour and everything. Yeah. I'm thinking. I'm looking at the right face. I'm thinking, you know, the ghillie suits that snipers wear. Yeah. That camouflage themselves into, uh, you know, to the foliage. Just pink. Or yeah, just... lavender. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which is understandable because if you can make yourself disappear and well, would you be wearing camouflage, but it just sort of brings them down to that sort of uh, environmental, I was going to say
0: hippie hippies, but... It's like they were wearing hemp or something, you know, stuff that yeah. weaved and made themselves. Yeah. Nice music as well. They've got, You know, the Nox have got their own piece of music. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's not a modified world theme, theme, bleh, theme again. And here we get Nefreyu. No, you can't keep it, Carter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're wondering, okay, we've got three of them, where's Tilk, you know? course tilt didn't die so he hasn't been unconscious for god knows how long yep we get a cut back to annoyed apophis yes. tilt was
1: right before me ready to ready to pay for his <laughs> treachery or insolence or whatever the uh, magic word he uses he's sort of sort of losing a to touch a little bit here because he's getting annoyed and not really coming across as he knows what happened so brings back to that aren't you supposed to be all-knowing
0: yeah a good touch there peter williams who played apophis you know obviously he can't be showing panic or anything but I think fortunately, you know, is he, Jafar now. He probably vets them a lot stricter than he used to. Yeah. None of them having change of uh, mind during a mission. Not, not like Dilk. Back at camp, they finally speak.
1: It was interesting. They're just listening to learn the language. It says I'll take you to your doorway when doorway was never said. So I don't know where he got that word from.
0: They'd have to have some name for the Stargate. Can't be purely picking up from you know what SG One are talking about. Probably some sort of telepathic component. Well, one of them, the old one
1: is. Cause we get a scene later on with him and Daniel in the woods and he's sort of answering his questions before Daniel says them.
0: He never admits to it, though, does he? No. He just has that smile on it,
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I know something you don't. <laughs> yeah. It all sort of goes towards the uh, how much knowledge you gain over the years. Yeah, Antaeus, played by Armin Shimmerman. He's very eager for him to go. Unfortunately, Tilk's brother is mentioned it was in the yeah, yeah. you go hey what, what, what once your brother awakes you can go yeah that kind yeah. of puts a damper on everything jack's like what what and it's it's a nice touch because to the knocks all these people are the same yeah yeah they're, they're not judging them by the uniforms they're wearing by the emblems on the head by the different weapons it's like they've just had a bunch of visitors and they're just going to be polite until they go and just try to make sure they don't kill each other while they're there, and if they do, put them back together and send them on their happy way again. It's wonderfully written because SG-1 are um, wrapping themselves around in knots trying to understand the knocks, and the knocks are being very, very simple. Jacks, and especially Daniel, if he took one step back and looked at the big picture, he'd really figure everything out. Mm. But no, that's going to take a while yet. Yeah, sort of Carter has a line
1: here that sort of their fault. we've got to do something to help him out. Which she is right, like they've they attacked Apophis and now Shackles here and sort of that rolling rolling cluster that they've got themselves into, but because the knocks aren't really showing any way apart from being invisible of defence.
0: Based on what SG-1 have seen, they are yeah. probably making the right decision. We can't just walk away, we can't wash our hands of this. These people have helped us, they've offered us food, we can't leave them here to die. But that perception is also colouring everything else SG-1 looks at. Mm-hmm. But we jump back to Apophis. He's still not happy. They couldn't have just disappeared unless they've mastered the power of the beast. And he must have it. So that's dri- driving him even further towards mm-hmm. the desire to get his hands on the SG-1 and whatever gifts he can take from this planet. Now, I have a question. At this, at this point, do we...
1: No, we haven't seen the cargo ship, have we? But we know that um, they have cloaking technology on larger scale. What is he going to smear himself in the blood of the animal to try and become
0: invisible? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess, it's just, but it's just more of a, um inquisitive thing at the moment.
0: It's probably just any advantage you could get hold over other system lords. Yeah, it could be something purely organic that the Fenray have that could be discovered through you know vivisection study, or even just go into it, I suppose. Or it could be some sort of technology that could you know exploit it. Yeah, yeah. You know, full cloaking device for individual soldiers on a smaller scale, that would be a huge advantage. Yeah, well, without trying to have to uh,
1: downscale the generators in the ships and that. Right, back to
0: the hut. Today in Arts and Crafts. Yeah. <laughs> Shekel is lying in bed, unconscious. Laya is there with Tilk, Frida Bertrani. She points out that he's not asleep. He saves he's near. And uh, Tilk have have trained you well. Exactly what Tilk would do in his position. Fake unconsciousness, learn everything he could, listening to his captors talk, and then when the uh, time is right, make his move. Of course, Tilk doesn't really... Isil's pitch needs some work. <laughs> it didn't dawn on me at first, you know, Shaquille, oh, he, he's now first prime. But then I realised that they've all got the gold symbols on, so yeah. mm. kind of takes a little bit away from the devotion of this Jafar. Yeah, but pretty much sure you you can't trust him. Tying him up like that is probably not going to do the job.
1: No, I don't think those ropes were very good restraints.
0: Right, we're outside and Jack is making himself a bow and arrow, cutting down, uh, making some spears. Uh, Nefreyu is very curious. This is a whole new world for him.
1: Mm.
0: I think this is uh, where we get one of the we get the beginnings of the wisdom of the Knocks. The idea is, you know, why are you doing something you don't want to do? Jack, Jack is trying to convince him why he's going to have to fight and maybe maybe kill these uh, Jafar. But I don't want to yeah. do it. Then why do it? Because it's got to be done. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Why does it have to be done? Uh, because. If we don't do it, no one else will, and I'll rule the world. <laughs> it's an argument that's really not going to work on the Knox. Even if they were primitive people, the worldview doesn't allow for this sort of aggressive behaviour.
1: Yeah. We get Jackie's got his bow all done, and we get our first look at ninety-seven CG on a TV budget. Not so much a hummingbird with teeth.
0: No. (laughs) More like an inverted scorpion thing. (laughs) Could be some sort of moth, you know, looking like it's got a lot of translucent wings or something. You know, you can see like the its bone structure, but not all the filaments between them. Jack feels he wants to test out his new bow and arrow.
1: We never really got a sense or got the conversation that these things were aggressive or he sits here and, oh, I'm going to kill it, which, OK. And then later tries to explain, oh, well, I was just protecting the boy. We'll turn around yeah. and run.
0: They don't even ask. You know, the Nox are natives of this planet. They could tell you exactly what this venerate is. I mean, you yeah. could say, oh, it, it's a herbivore or it just eats tree squirrels or something like that.
1: Yeah, well, the boy wasn't afraid of it at all. Like, surely he'd been wandering before and encountered it. Yeah. Like, when Jack was going, like, just have him step in front of Jack, go, no, it's it's, a, it's okay, or something, but, no,
0: get a stick, I'm going to kill it. Yeah, it could have been a sacred animal to these people. Yeah. and like I say, though, no doubt Jack can blame the ammunition not yeah. being true, because he missed.
1: Yeah, homemade bows are never really effective.
0: No, I'm not quite sure where he got the string from that would give it that <laughs> sort of power.
1: Yeah, especially his first couple of scenes where you hear it launch and not actually see the arrow go away, it does have a pretty taut twang to it whereas later it yeah. just sort of drops off the end of the <laughs> end of the bow when you actually see it launch but need to do some work on this i think <laughs> yeah but we've also got the uh, conversation with daniel and the old man going on as well oh yeah the tree sap
0: yeah Is this where your medicine comes from oh we I mean, we yeah. get our medicine from everywhere you know the forest provides yep and
1: daniel sort of gives him the
0: uh the idea
1: of how we how we measure time and he's 432 years old yeah
0: i liked it you know how do you get to be wise time mm. patience if you're around long enough you gain wisdom you learn how your world works how your people work probably doesn't have to do with any specific training or education if you stick around long enough you will become wise you yeah. may not use that wisdom correctly but you will become wise And that's when, as he says, uh, he works it out in a split second. Oh, that's 432 years then. Mm. You've got to assume he was picking little bits of information out of Daniel's head, because what Daniel described still wouldn't allow you to convert from their orbital path to Earth. Well,
1: that's right. He'd be be 432 if he was living on Earth. This isn't Earth, and we'll get to what we see towards the end. They might have sort of solar monitoring stuff there and know all that, but we don't know that, so...
0: Yeah, we don't. A lot about the Nox, we never learn. Which, yes. is a, which is rather disappointing. A number of them do appear in other episodes, but we never really been if just if we'd have visited their city on one episode. Yeah. The common thought amongst fans, isn't it, that this is just a split
1: group that's living in the bush that isn't living up in the city? I don't know what, if they're down here doing
0: all this and quite happy doing all this, why
1: why have a floating city?
0: I would have thought this was something they did just to commune with nature. You know, they've developed technology over the years. They've got to a certain point and realized if we carry on like this, we will, you know, get involved with armed conflicts. If we leave the planet, we've reached a stage where we can protect ourselves and make sure that every generation is nurtured with the forest. Mm -hmm. All the children are taught to put this planet and the forest before themselves. But the city is where they live. This is where yeah. they go for maybe a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a day trip. Yeah, okay. They never claim that Antaeus is the leader of the Nox. No. No, it's just like family camping trip. <laughs> yeah, they've got a Winnebago in the background somewhere.
1: But then at least, I don't know, it's sort of going way up. At least the Fusions later on, Atlantis still had like lasers to start fire and some little bits of
0: technology that they had with them. They weren't completely nomadic. Jack, well, not Jack. And Tejas confronts Jack again. He just kind of pops into existence. Hmm. He's saying that the Nox have the power, not Fenray. We protect the Fenray. Which is bad, because that
1: means Hophis can have a new host and be able to do it himself. Why did I write that?
0: Berry Gat. Berry Gat. What the hell does that mean? (laughs) I put (laughs) put a smiley against it as well. (laughs) Gat. Kathleen gun. No, that doesn't sound right. Berry you bury, bury bury a get, but there's no guns bury gate bury gate oh yes <laughs> that yeah the point made why didn't you bury the gate then they'd know we were here yeah someone must have buried it yeah we've got nothing to fear from them coming in ships because they don't know we're here if mm. we buried the gate they would know we were here they would come in ships and then we'd probably either have to surrender and be destroyed or use weapons which i think goes against their entire culture yeah
1: Shorthand only works if you remember what the shorthand's for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we get the, the boy here, old Jack's telling him as well, that he was just protecting the boy and didn't want him to get harmed. They're very young, don't always do as they're
0: told. Line comes up. Oh, yes. It becomes very important throughout Stargate. It pretty much sums up humanity's interaction with the galaxy. Yeah. And we get SG-1 sitting around a tree stump, just having a good old chit-chat. They're doing the right things, but they don't know they're doing it for the wrong reason. Mm. One of the knocks turns up again. <laughs> you know, Jack, will you stop doing that? <laughs> we get another shot of uh, the woods and uh, the Jafar. Still not a happy bunny. Back to the hut. Tilk and shekel again. Don't trust him, Tilk. Don't trust him. <laughs> I, I missed what happened here. He, he stabs Tilk in the back and runs. What happens is that they're having a chat. Obviously, Tilt, once again, trying to get him to change sides. Shaquille screams in pain.
1: Oh, uh, yes. Liar yep. rushes
0: in. You know, wh- what are you doing to him? What are you doing to him? And starts to untie his hands. Then you see a, n- a knife at his wrist, blade a couple of inches long, and he slams it into Tilt's pouch. Oh, yes. And that would explain my next note. He screams
1: really loud to get everyone to come in yet in a second when tilk oh no it's like everyone's just put on their thumbs oh what yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they didn't they didn't come running or didn't hear him cry out to start with good soundproofing on those huts. they're not yeah. primitives you know yeah <laughs> that <laughs> other keep, hut is actually a toilet <laughs> yeah gotta keep it warm in there keep the rain out but um i don't know what happens here because he runs off into the jungle and as he goes he hits a plant on the edge of camp and it explodes there's a sound effect there as well as he's sort of running past some plants, he hits one that just explodes.
0: <laughs> I almost missed that. I can't remember that. He like he bats he bats a plant with his hand. Yeah, I've got it. A fern. Yeah. I think that was probably put there by the green staff. It might have been fake. It might have been plastic. Yeah. You know, you fit them together like a, you know an artificial Christmas tree. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's also interesting too because we get in a minute when they uh try to track him, his guild and trying to avoid capture when he's sort of doing a lot of. Nervous looking around, half-hunched over hiding. He's, he doesn't really seem that capable.
0: I was amazed
1: that in another
0: scene, he's only about 50 yards from the camp and he's spying on him. Well, he, done it? he did he get lost? He, he ran he off. Running a big circle. Yeah, all of a sudden, <laughs> for, for plot purposes, he's
1: back just in time to see him
0: perform the ritual
1: and appear and disappear.
0: Yeah, very convenient. Because then he finally manages to run off, calling for his friends. Another Jafar finds him uh right we know the secret society's managed to talk to a apophis he'll know that it's the nox not the fenry that's got the ability he's looking for now we've got to stay in we've got to help you no you don't mm. well that's it we've got
1: a I got a scene back at this ravine they must have had it for the day to film in it must be in a <laughs> park or something because they don't leave this location at all but one of the one of his car come up to him and say that they can't find the, the gate the chapahoe when Tilk specifically says at the start that they have a homing beacon to uh, locate it because it used to go missing when they're hunting. Yeah.
0: I wonder if oh. Apophis actually told him that he carries a homing device. That that might show weakness, whereas yeah. if, if the god could define where the gate is. But then again, how could they use it? Because it's not invisible. Yeah, just feel around for the DHD. <laughs> I've got the feeling that when apophis gets close to the gate one of the knocks goes right bring it back
1: <laughs>
0: as apophis walks in it appears and goes ah yes i did it man
1: it'd have to be when he's not left you looking at it because if you've seen the gate rematerialize it and he'd have to know it's not the animal doing it
0: <laughs> one of them throws a stone into the bushes and apophis turns around <laughs> and when he looks back it's there <laughs> one of these days i'll figure out what's going on here yep <laughs> so Nefreu, the curious youngster he might only be about a hundred years old. You just don't know. He goes off. Yeah,
1: they don't. He, the other guy might be four hundred years old, but do they mature rapidly and just hang around that age, <laughs> like someone in their forties? You never seem to fifty. But
0: Nefrehu's saying, "I've been this age for two hundred years, mm. and I still haven't reached puberty." <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: great place to be stuck at. And growing.
0: Yeah, he dropped a line earlier
1: that he doesn't know what a gould looks like and would like to meet one. And Jack's like, "No, no, you don't." Yeah, but
0: the kid, yeah. the very young, do not do what they're told. Off he goes. Hello, Mr. Shiny Man, and the mm. smile, and the raising of the hand. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and the jewel and the handpiece starting to glow, and it's like.
0: And you go, no, dear. High five. Yeah. At this point, you know, probably any, any other kid would just, you know, kick him in the nuts or something and stop him. <laughs> or well, no, you'd not... think he'd, he'd in the in the ferns with a
1: slingshot. Yeah, the, any, uh... anything. Getting the Jafar in the butts, <laughs> Rocks.
0: Unfortunately, they find Neferio dead. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Did they just kill him? Um, yeah, I think he just killed him. I'd have to, to perform the ceremony. Yeah, Jack <laughs> straight away says, "Look, it's a trap. They know that when the Knox perform the ceremony, they are not protected. So, Hoffers has killed the youngster. They're gonna perform the ceremony. Horford can track him and attack him. And nothing Jack says is gonna stop him. He offers his protection again. They don't want it. So, right then, we're off. <laughs> Come on. And, yeah, off. we're going home. But um, Poffus was just there. Like, you think they'd be
1: lying in wait to follow them, at least. Period. And later on, they're sort of tracking their way, following Shackle back to the camp. It's just, it, there's a lot of disjointed parts of this episode.
0: Yeah. I mean, even the point where Jack and Sam, you say, it's a ruse, you know, fair enough. Yeah, it's a trap. They don't go far. They are literally within a stone's throw of the camp when they stop walking away. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the Nox know no, they're not left. Yeah,
1: the same as Shackle. They take ten paces to the left, take a right, then they just wait behind a tree. It's... <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. We've only got this part of the forest to film in. This is all we yeah. can work with. Yeah, go, if we go too far this way, there's a road. <laughs> but we get another one of SG1's legendary uh, ambushes. Works slightly better this time.
1: Yes, because the Nox forgot to take a dart off Jack. So yes. So again, we're gonna, <laughs> we're, gonna we're gonna we're gonna get. Apophis with enough tranquiliser to bring down a rhino. This has got coma written all over it. Yeah.
0: Although, I've got in my Tilk, he found himself a nice big stick. <laughs> Next note, sure sure, no one could see Tilk holding a log behind a tree. <laughs> I'm not sure which one of them jumped out of the hide and kind of kneed the Jafar in the groin. It would have to be Carter Carter, wouldn't it? Lying down. I'm not quite sure. It happened so fast. I'm figuring like out... there is no way you planned to do that. Yeah. I've got an impression the stuntman afterwards is going to say, oh, get him ice pack. Because they've all got the, the Kevlar helmets back on at this point, so it's hard to see who's who. Definitely looks like SG-1 have got the upper, end, upper hand, at least to start, till, of course, one of the Jafar gets Sam dead to rights. Yeah. Head it's going to be the end of it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you coming back from that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Daniel, though, showing the uh, the warrior he will become. Yep. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Am I that apophis slowly walks backwards into the darkness, leaves his men to die? Yeah, <laughs> I've got aliens deja vu all over again. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and he's, he's probably thinking, okay, am I? Nobody's noticed me. Turn around. Oh, <laughs> hello there. Could you imagine Paul riser in a skull cap? <laughs> <laughs> it's just out the same scene, though, isn't it? Yeah, just now, alien waiting for him. Jack instead, and. Yeah, Jack's ready for him this time. He's He's got him. He's He's got him. Oh, oof. He's gone. Yeah. Jack, him into the heavens. Why? And the arrow lands at the feet where Apophis would have been. <laughs> yeah, probably wouldn't have done much damage to his armour, even if it was nice soft gold armour.
1: Yeah, I wonder what the effect was if they had him there and then just sort of done a quick cut to have him disappear with a little bit of fuzz, because you wouldn't want to be firing a arrow at one of your actors on imagine which is probably why it was going to land at his feet in the end but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we almost get the scream up to the
0: heavens no <laughs> <laughs> yeah so all's well that ends well but i don't think anybody really comes out of this very happy yeah i would not like to write the report for this mission yep empty-handed we said we we're going to get something we're
1: empty-handed again seemingly met a advanced civilization yet they don't want to have it up do because we didn't listen to them pretty much sums it up yeah <laughs> they send their weapons
0: back through the gate but no gdo so those ones are gone that's it i watched them when they went through the gate see if anybody actually used the gdo yeah but nope they just walked through
1: they've already sent apophis and his cronies back through the gate they knew where they come from
0: yeah no caller id on the gate uh well, that's it. They dialed Poffers. I assume they knew where he dialed it in from, so that's the location they dialed at, same for SEC. Well, they've probably seen the Jafar leave before and use the same dress.
1: As we know, the DHD records gate addresses anyway. Yeah, and again, large floating city, they'd have to have some knowledge of how it all works.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they are that advanced, they can rough it in the woods. i surprised they haven't made a wooden one. Make a wooden gate. It's <laughs> just to fool everybody yeah and this is where we get another discussion between Anteus and Jack where finally a lot of things become clear Jack's obviously going on you know we're going to bury the gate now and said they'll come for you and said well we're not worried you should be worried and you know Anteus, you fear for us why and I think he needs Jack to explain it because that's the only way Jack will get the light bulb moment yeah yeah the realization of actually saying it (laughs) Maybe without showing him the city. If he can figure it out by himself, but obviously he doesn't, and eventually Antae is okay, we'll show you. Waves <laughs> his hand, and there's a bigger city with the most incredible anti-grav units ever developed hanging there. Mm, Solar-powered? I'm not sure. It'd have to be non-polluting. Well, Naquida reactors are non-polluting as well. Yeah. Because EPM's pulling energy from subspace. Well, yeah, there's a thought you got Fenray buzzing around the city, uh, although the perspective is a bit off. Yeah. I've got a feeling that city is probably ten, twenty 20 miles across, some distance away. Yeah, no, it's not close. And finally, you know, a lesson to be learnt: your way is not the only way. And if the human race can get that little arrogant streak out of them, the universe will open up for them. It takes a little bit of time. SG-1 get there fairly quickly. Others, the NID, not so much
1: no well they got the experience to learn
0: and i said this is a learning experience they came away with nothing but insight into themselves into what some of the races are out there races that do not fear the gold one little bit mm. and if i were the gold, i wouldn't go back there either just to be on the safe side <laughs>
1: <laughs> well yeah what's stopping oh, i suppose they're going to bury the gate follow up with sort of similar to force chariot where the uh, ghoul actually come and attack might have been warranted, but no, this is it. We see Lyra and Ad a little bit later on and not much more of the knocks. Do you think they can cloak the entire planet? Well, it's a thought. Who's cloaking the city
0: if he can just swipe, swipe his arm and decloak it? No, that, that's a communication. He rang his mate up and said, keep an eye on me. When I wave my hand, press that button. Well, I'm just getting Family
1: Guy here with everyone rushing. Who touched the thermostat? You're getting people in the city stressing because all of a sudden Steve cloaked when they thought it was cloaked. I yeah. haven't seen that. Okay. It's a skit that all men have got some sort of sensor in their head when the kids touch the thermostat. All neighbors start popping in through the windows and doors. Is something off your thermostat? <laughs> <laughs> Me think went off. That's the whole thing, like in line of sight with the fannery to cloak it. There's not a lot here for us to go on. If you get hundred of them together and they start humming can they make the planet disappear it's possible we never get to see it unfortunately but yeah it would have helped out when the Ori get on board
0: well if, if they want other ideas to follow up on any future stargate productions there's a, a string mgm could pull on
1: yeah i'm sure there's a book somewhere that's already looked at this there probably is yeah
0: that was the nox one of the better episodes from the first season of stargate sg1 if not to the entire 10 season run
1: <laughs> oh, i wouldn't go that far there's some issues with it but uh the story in a whole was just great i'm trying to think where our next condescending look at lower form aliens comes along i think it's the ones in the body suits <laughs> <laughs> which isn't too far away but anyway
0: like you say this story does show that you can't i mean su1 automatically go in and oh we've got to protect these less developed people you know we're, we're big and strong we've got to protect them that's one of the things he said to Antaeus, you know, the, the strong protect the weak. But it's also pretty much why colonialism happened. <laughs> you know, well, we're going inve- to conquer your country because we know what's best for you. Yeah, we can, we can save you through gospel. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, missionaries and that. I do get the fact that they went there to do this and sort of exposed the Knox to the gold. But yeah, there was just some execution
0: issues. But enjoyable. Yep, very much so. Right then, our next episode not quite sure at the moment that's no, fine could be anything thank you very much for joining us for this episode of the Knox. If you want to get in touch with us and i'd certainly like to hear from you our email address is stargatearchives at gmail.com our website is stargatearchives.com we are on itunes we are also on facebook and google plus under our old name of gatecast i haven't bothered to change any of them around <laughs> when you've got a, an audience don't lose it that is a point yeah we are on twitter at the gatecast very easy to change the handle for that but i just leave it as it is well face facebook don't let you change pages if the
1: name's too much verge away from what the original one was because we yeah. had that problem when we done a name change and they wouldn't let us change it because it was too much different they said it would be misleading to listeners i thought well Oh, whatever. <laughs> ended, up having, ended up having to create a whole new page so that 300 likes went, and now it's sitting yeah. like 30 or something.
0: Well, that was it. The only disappointing thing, when I set up the new Stargate Archives iTunes, goodbye to all the ratings and whatnot.
1: Yeah, uh, those subscribers. We, we,
0: we didn't get many anyway, but still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, it's still handy. Okay, Brad, thank you once again for joining me. Uh, lovely, been a pleasure, Mike. Give us your contact information and your various podcast endeavours, if you would. Ah, oh, busy, busy. Got two
1: episodes a week coming out for the Lost World Minute, lostworldminute.com. Although all our uh, activities on Instagram and Facebook page, which is the Lost World Minute. Transformers Collectors Club Australia, transformerscca.com is the uh, website for that. And uh, actually yesterday morning at 4am, I was up for uh, a little guest spot on the Band Max Minute as well. So <laughs>
0: I've seen, once you start down the movie by minute... It's a big family. Yeah. You, you get passed around. Yeah, no, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to stay limited
1: because, yeah, got to find time to record my own show, edit that, and then, yeah, be on guesting as well. So it's sort of, it used to be just doing this with you and Alan on a Sunday morning. Now it's spreading out to week morning weekday mornings as well. So.
0: <laughs> Brilliant, isn't it? Anywhere and everywhere, so. It's something to do. Yeah. Okay then, folks, take care until the next time you visit the Stargate Archives. Until then, I've been Mike. I've been Brad. Bye-bye. Bye.